Hey, welcome to Talk with Christians. Uh, we have another great episode. We have Andy, Ben, and Dean here. Hey, Andy, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you're doing in the kingdom? Yeah, my name is Andy Bratton. I am a senior minister in uh, Kalkaska, Michigan, which is right up here if you got your video on. Yeah. And uh, I've been here for a little over five years, about five and a half years now. And uh, for the kingdom, I preach the gospel, but I also do a morning uh, dive, I call it, um, at our uh, Facebook page, KCC Friends and or Kalkaska Church of Christ Facebook page. And we're just walking through the Bible and looking for the moments of exceeding joy as we go through it. Awesome. Yeah. And you pointed to your hand up in the top corner, just for those yeah. who are listening. <laughs> That's awesome. are listening <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ben, <laughs> tell us about you, man. I'm Ben Grady. I'm from South Haven, Mississippi, but now I'm in Calgary, Alberta with my wife and daughter. I'm just a Christian trying to serve the Lord to the best of my ability, try to spread the gospel. I have a Warriors of the Cross Facebook group uh, where we share Bible content every day. So I hope that will be beneficial to you. I hope you'll jump on. Excellent. Thanks, Ben. Awesome. And Dean, how about you? I am from Gastonia, North Carolina. I'm currently um, a full-time apologist. I'm the executive director of the apologetics group, The Daily Apologist. We're a team of about eight uh, guys and gals that provide social media content so that young people can have quick, good answers to objections to Christianity. That's good. And he pointed to his hand. I'm just kidding. He didn't point to his hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm Titus uh, Blair, and I am a missionary in New Zealand right now with my family, uh, evangelist full-time, and uh, on, this, on the side for, the, for my work, I make saddles, tents. No, I'm just kidding. I do internet <laughs> technology stuff, so um, that's what I do. Today's topic, thanks guys for being on the show, first of all, and uh, today's topic we're going to talk about, it's love your neighbor. And I, I, this is the, I guess of any time, this is a very important topic because it's really hard to love people sometimes, especially when the world is kind of going crazy and you, you feel like nobody loves anybody. So this is a good um, story. I think that's fitting. It's fitting all the time, but it's in Luke chapter 10, starts in verse 25 through 37. So those of you who have your Bibles, uh, you can get them out. You can look at it. Luke 10, 25 through 37. And it says, uh, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus, him, it says to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It's a good question. This is what I would ask too, right? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And uh, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, this is the, the person coming to him, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he, he had compassion. He went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, which is some money, and he gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And then the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. This is awesome. This is a wonderful story. Um, so you guys, we'll start. You can either raise your hand or, or we'll call on you. Um, tell us some things about the story that you find kind of connects with you, resonates with you um, in, in your life, maybe something that you, you've taken from this and been able to apply. How about you, Andy? Let's start with you, if that's all right. You know, the thing that um, when I read this story, when the lawyer says he asked this to justify himself, so... Um, there's something about his life that he either wants to say, yes, I'm doing that, or I'm not sure if I'm doing that correctly. So, you know, who is who is my neighbor? And when Jesus goes through this, 
So he asks the question, who is my neighbor? Um, and Jesus tells the, the story, of course, of the Good Samaritan. So what's the answer? You know, who is my neighbor? And at the end, he says, which one, you know, acted as a neighbor? And he said the one that cared for him. But who really was the neighbor? And when you read the story in that way, and when I look at it that way, the neighbor was the guy that was hurt and broken, laying there almost dead. Um, and so uh, when you look at that from a literal standpoint, if we see people that are obviously uh, sick or on death's door and we say, how, how do I care for this person or somebody in great distress? Um, but from a spiritual standpoint, um, that neighbor that I'm supposed to be loving as myself is that person that was broken as I once was, um, meaning not having a relationship with Jesus. Um, so uh, to me, the the focus is almost this guy that's laying in there half dead because who's my neighbor? That guy's my neighbor, you know? And yes, the Good Samaritan obviously is the example that we're supposed to follow when it comes to caring for those and going above and beyond and paying the extra money and coming back and, you know, being faithful and true to his word and, and conducting himself like, like, like we should. Um, but who's my neighbor? It's that broken guy. And what am I going to do about it when I see him? Right. And it, this guy was a lawyer, right? He knew the law. Actually, he knew the two commandments. So did the Levi, didn't he? So did yeah. they too. So they knew the same thing, but they had ignored the guy as they walked by. So that's good, man. How about you, Ben? You know, I, I think it's it's interesting that he went the extra mile. And I think that how many times it, do we as Christians just, something comes up and, and we just, oh, we'll pray for you, but we don't do nothing to help them when we could. You know, there's so many times where, I was talking to the brother today about this, that we could, you know, there's so many times where we could do so much more uh, to invest in these individuals that are potentially going to be Christians. Like if they come to your door and we don't reach out and go, Hey, I'm going to take the time to talk to you. I'm going to take the time to take care of your needs, to give you clothes or whatever it is, you know, food and give them the gospel. Um, many times we give them food and we brush them out the door, we give them money or pay for their gas, but we just send them on their way without ever giving them what they need to give them eternal life. And I just see how much this man the Samaritan takes time to invest and then check back up. You know, if, if all, if this doesn't cover everything, then I'm going to come back and make sure that, you know, we're squared away, you know, uh, don't, you know, spare any expense. You know, I just think that's a beautiful concept. Yeah. And it, and it goes to what Jesus said. Remember he said, if someone asks you to go one mile, go two. If people take from you, Absolutely. give them. Like he's like, go beyond what people would expect because that's where God comes in. Isn't it? Most people want to do the minimum. You know, or Absolutely. nothing. <laughs> Good job, well, man. you think yeah. the the priest and the Samaritan? I mean, the priest and the Levite should have uh, should have jumped on that. They were the yeah. ones that should have been informed and said, "Yeah, I'm going to do this." But you know, they left him. Yeah, they might have thought he was dead. They're like, "I can't touch an unclean uh, body." Clearer than yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. De Dean, how about you, man? Well, what I find interesting the most about this story. Um, one is that a chapter before Jesus had just gotten kicked out of Samaritan village, number one. <laughs> and so he turns right around and he uses as an example, uh, a, a Samaritan person anyway. And so that just tells me, number one, that Jesus wasn't, uh, overtly offended by getting kicked out of the town. Right. Number one, but number two, I, I just can't even imagine the shock on the audience there, the Jews, who, when Jesus talks about uh, this person who fell among robbers, uh, I kind of just anticipate the, the people in the audience as he says, well, here comes the Levite. Okay, so the Levite's going to take care of him because that's our guy. That's who we look like. That's who we act like, right? Well, it's not the Levite. Okay, here comes the priest, right? Okay, so definitely the priest is going to take care of things. Uh, and wait, it's not the Levite. It's not the priest. It's not the people who are like got the connection to God. Well, well, then who in the world is going to be the savior of the day? It's that nasty, dirty, rotten muggle, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> Harry Potter reference there. Uh, it's the Samaritan. <laughs> it's the person that you would least expect to be the hero of the story that's actually the the hero of the story. Um, and I think I probably resonate 
the most too often with the shocked Jew. Um, because I always expect the person to be the hero of the story. The person that's supposed to do the right thing is, are the people that look most, you know, like me and, uh, probably more often than not in my life, it's been the people that I have least expected to, to be the, the good Samaritan that are the good, that is the good Samaritan. Yeah. I mean, isn't that Jesus? They expected the Messiah to be this powerful ruler King with an army, you know, not some poor like carpenter guy is wandering around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So a lot of times, um, yeah, when I see this story, I see, um, you know, someone who, who didn't just see a need, but they actually, cause all of them knew there was a need, but who actually mm-hmm. took the time to change their path, to change their course. Cause, cause most of the time, if I let needs go, it's because I'm in a hurry. It's because I'm like, I don't have compassion. You know, I'm, I, I have more, I have more important things to do than to help this person. And so that me is what pushes me forward. And I think this is cool because we don't know what he was doing. You know, the Samaritan, like he might've been in a hurry. He had to go somewhere, but he took time to, to help the person in the moment with their wounds and all that stuff. Then he put him up on his horse donkey, and then he took him somewhere where he could be taken care of better. And he did all that, and then he paid for it and said, I'm going to pay for more, like Ben was saying. So going above and beyond is, I think, this is what this is what Jesus is about, isn't it? When people say, Absolutely. what's different about Christians or what's different about, uh, you know, you, you, what you believe? And you say, well, I have someone I follow who, when you're sick and, and you know, damaged, he picks you up, he carries you, he pays for all that you need, he takes care of you. And then he also takes care of your spiritual needs in that way, which is even deeper, so. Yeah, that's cool. This is good. Well, we should get right to the cool. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Andy. Consider the the law. I mean, Jesus said, "I didn't come to abolish the law, but He definitely came with a new way, right?" And so when they're all expecting the Levite and the priest to to do something, or we say, "Okay, they didn't want to touch him because of the law, and you're not supposed to touch a dead body or or whatever," um, that it was also Jesus saying, "You know, that's you know, we're turning things upside down here." You know, this it. Yes, you're supposed to love, and that's what it looks like, loving the unlovable sometimes. Well, real real quick, the Samaritan would have known the law too. Yeah. yeah. Half Jew, he would have known the law as well. And you have two Jews that know the law and pass on the other side, and you have one half Jew that knows the law and go ahead, goes ahead and does what the two holiest people uh, or perceived holiest people aren't willing to do. That's good. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, we have someone who asked a question now, um, Tim. Thank you, Tim. And thank you for everybody who's on right now. Tim was asking a question, which is great. It's almost in line with one of the other questions we had, but I'll use Tim's. Uh, how can we be, okay, so we got the good story. We have what Jesus has taught. Um, and the lawyer had said, you need to love the Lord your God with everything. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus gave the example of the good Samaritan. So Tim asks, um, how can we be a good Samaritan today and at the same time, not be taken advantage of, which is a great question. I see this all the time on Facebook. How can, what does that mean? Like, what do you guys, what is your response to that? Somebody have a, a comment or a suggestion, Andy, Ben, or Dean? I think sometimes we feel taken advantage of when um, you see somebody in need and you give them five bucks and you make the assumption they're running to the liquor store. Um, and people have done different things like carry gift cards with them to McDonald's or Steak and Shake or whatever to, um, uh, so that they can get something to eat, you know, something that's specific to it. Um, but I would in, respond to that and say, was Jesus never taken advantage of? Um, why should we expect not to be taken advantage of? <laughs> um, you know, he didn't tell us to love with all these conditions, love only those that are going to do the right thing with what we give them or love only those that, you know, we'll feel some gratitude from. Um, he just says to love your neighbor as yourself. And so sometimes, yeah, we get taken advantage of. Um, but if God puts somebody in our life to address, then we do that. The other thing, I think sometimes we um, throw $5 at a problem that really needs five hours. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we need to slow down and say, you know, what's the real need here? You know, why are you hungry? Or let me go get you some lunch and let me sit down and talk with you. Let me know your story. Why are you in the situation that you're in? And, um, and just be uh, educated about you know, how someone came to be in this, uh, this place and maybe God put you there for a much bigger purpose than just a sandwich or a cup of coffee. And our time is always like the hardest thing to give, isn't it? 
it's always easy to give them money. Mm-hmm. But our time is like, we're like, oh, no, I don't have enough time for this. You know, I give you $5, but yeah. Dean, go ahead. I think one of the things that we can do following up on what, what Andy said is um, as we get to know this person that we're in, engaging with, we, we need to start laying out a goal-oriented plan for what they want to accomplish and then just hold ourselves and hold them accountable to that goal. I mean, if the goal is, hey, in two weeks or three weeks, I would like to be you know, employed okay, well, cool. So this is what I'll do. I'll, you know, help you in whatever way that I can. Um, You know, I'll, you know, go ahead and look through the classifieds or look online, see if there's a job there. And then in three weeks, let's meet and see if we've made progress. And if you go, you know, nine weeks, 13 weeks, and, and there's no progress being made, well, then you have to really sit down and ask the question, all right, is this person, is this person really wanting to, you know, get the ball rolling on finding a job or they, or my, am I in the process of becoming an enabler? Okay. Right. And, and, you know, I, I know that that word might be a little loaded, but um, I think that's the best way to, to handle those types of, of situations um, to, to the best degree that you, that you can. Yeah. It's not, it's not like enablers, disabler. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of disable stuff. But you know, this is a good question because we got to look to Jesus, right? What did Jesus say? Give to those who ask of you. Turn not away. Like always. You see, you can always give. You can give a dollar. You can give five dollars. You can give five minutes. You can always give. But Jesus said, always give for those who ask of you. Now, you might say, Tyus, there's lots of people who ask for money and all these things. Uh, you know what? Who? Where does the money come from? Where does the time come from? That's all I got to say, isn't it? Doesn't God give you the money and the time? Maybe we don't have the money to help people because we don't give people money. <laughs> Maybe we don't have the time because we are too invested in our own things. So yeah, exactly. Like I, I have a faith that believes that, that says if Jesus told us to give, um, he said also what? If someone hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. He said, if people abuse you and use you and do bad to you, isn't that what they did to him? Isn't that what we do to Jesus? So yeah, hey, there's I, Jesus... I'm like that guy that, Jesus, you know, somebody, Jesus says, here, Titus, here's this blessing. And you go, oh, thanks. This is going to help me. And then I just turn my back and then I do it again and again and again. You know, like it's like we have to be careful that we're we remember we're like that guy. <laughs> we're all disabled in that way. <laughs> so, yeah. God, so, yeah. It says love, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. We want to stop with love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how do I love myself? I mean, I don't yeah. I don't partially give to myself. I want completion also. You know, I want accountability. I want discipleship. I want to grow. Um, so if I'm going to really love my neighbor, love that person as myself, I'm not just going to throw some money or even a little bit of time at the problem I'm, or even a muscle to help carry something. I'm going to mm-hmm. fully invest because that's what I would, that's how I'd love myself. <laughs> right. And I think stop halfway through that, uh, that part of the, the new commandment Jesus gave him. Well, and the, and the new one is what? What did he say? Love others as I have loved you, which is yeah. even better. Because I always looked at the love yourself saying, that's kind of comp- hard because, you know, it could be relative. I didn't understand the love others as, as you love yourself because some people might not love themselves. But what you do have is you have Jesus who said, love them as I have loved you, which is giving up everything. Like I gave up everything for mm-hmm. you. So, yeah, Dean. Well, I mean, even in the Levitical law, like Leviticus 25, it says, hey, if, if your fellow... Hebrew Israelite comes to you and is poor, you're to give from your hand, right? And if he needs to work for you after the sixth year, you let him free. And when you let him go, guess what? You don't let him go without anything. You let him go from the portion of what you have uh, prospered, right? right. And so I wonder if, and, and I don't know that you could answer this definitively. I, I wonder if the Samaritan had some of that uh, in his heart when he saw this you know, God fell among the, the robbers. Hmm. Um, and back to Andy's, Andy's point um, about, about, you know, being taken advantage of the, the, the prospects, the, the pros and the cons of this, the pros of helping certainly outweigh uh, the cons. And I think we need to keep that in the, in the forefront of our, of our mind. Yeah. I might be taken advantage of, yeah, I might give, you know, X amount of time, X amount of dollars, X amount of help to this person. 
And guess what? They may, um, you know, just, they may rob me one day. <laughs> I know a friend of mine who uh, housed a, a poor gentleman for months on months on months, and he ended up robbing him of his, um, his, his wife's um, engagement ring, you know, several months after she had passed from cancer. Mm. I mean, it doesn't get much more taken advantage than that. Yeah. Right. And I asked him, I said, would you, would you go back and would you do that again? He goes, I'd do it all again. Yeah. Just because I wanted to help that poor guy, even though he took advantage of me. Now, Dean, get this. Yeah. Yeah. There's that story, right? About someone who was taken advantage of, yet it's inspiring for people when you just said, I would do it again. You know, Mm -hmm. people are always like, well, I'm going to be taken advantage of. Well, sometimes it's the story of the response to that being taken advantage of that, that, that impacts people, isn't it? It's how you yeah, respond absolutely. to that. Someone steals from you and you say, it's not my money. It came from God. People are like, how could you think that way? Like, where does that come from? Right. And you say, cause Jesus did that. Jesus, we stole from Jesus, his life. <laughs> and he said, that's okay. I forgive you. You know, I mean, that's amazing. Well, Tim, that's awesome uh, question, man. Let's, we're going to, if you have any more, everybody else listening, um, let us know. We're going to go to this question. And if someone might be a repeat, cause some people have asked a question. So uh, it says, I love the story of the Good Samaritan, but how can I apply the story in practical ways in my life? Uh, what do you guys do? So th- they want to know, you know, what does this look like for a Christian? What do, what do I do? Am I looking every day, every minute? What What do you guys have for that one? Well, I think that um, one, and I know this is the answer and the the challenge that you could give in, at the end of every sermon, but, um, you know, what's your first prayer when you wake up in the morning and hit the floor? Is it, uh, Lord, use me? and show me, put people in my path that uh, need the help that you've gifted me to be able to give? Um, or is it, you know, watch over me, help me, help me, me, me. Um, and so I think that as we, you know, if we wake up each morning and feet hit the floor and say, Lord, here I am, use me, you know, whatever, uh, whoever you want me to see, um, then uh, be available to that. Um, as far as uh, things that I do, I really just try to stay open to God's leading and the Holy Spirit's leading to say, where, who are you going to put in my path? And then um, really discerning from the Holy Spirit in, in whatever moment he puts me in, whether there's a, a place that we need to veer off and help or we see that we need to, uh, need to help somebody. Um, but when we fully invest in church, when we invest in the community of believers, there usually is no lack of opportunity to help people in need, right. whether they're in our body or um, a touch from our body. Um, there, you know, be it your life group that you're involved with or Sunday school class, if you have that, or um, just the church body in general, there's usually um, a need somewhere that there's that you're able to, to touch. So to me, the answer will always be be actively involved in your church community because you will find and hear about needs and opportunities to give uh, and to do so uh, within the context of God's body, um, uh, as well as, you know, the community that that body is touching. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Cause that, that prayer, so prayer, you know, start your day in prayer, asking God, it made me think about the, the Lord's prayer. Uh, our father who is in heaven, holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Is it like, that's like thinking kingdom right there, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. good. So prayer and then your Christian family, if you can't help your family, your Christian family, how are you going to help somebody else? You know, so that's yeah. good. Good points. Ben, how about you? You know, I what just got? step back and change our perspective sometimes. I think we sometimes we have the perspective of the robber or the perspective of the priest and Levite, which the robbers may be what is yours is mine. And the, the priest and Levite may be what is mine is mine, you know, and, and the perspective of, you know, hey, I'm going to hold on to what's mine. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to lose it. But we should be like, what is mine is yours. We're going to have the perspective of the Samaritan Preach. and of Jesus <laughs> and, and go out and try to, you know, do that and see, walk in their shoes, be understanding, be empathetic. Go, hey, what if I was there? You know, we, we, we see opportunities every day. I pass by homeless, this, you know, all the time. How many, how many of those can we reach out to? How many, like he, he said, the brethren, there's always brethren in need. We look out and we see them. And we, do, we, do we talk to them? Do we, do we know them? Do we know them well enough to go, oh, there's a need. There's something. Oh, they have this individual in their life that has need. Oh, this has happened. You know, we, we, we hear all these things. Sometimes we just brush it on the rug. Oh, we just pray for it. 
obviously prayer is powerful and we should be doing that. But I think that, you know, we need to go out and get our hands dirty <laughs> yeah. and, and really try, you know, do we're the messengers we're we're carrying out Jesus's will. So here on earth. So I think it's very vital that we do our part as well. Yeah. And how was the last time you hugged a homeless person? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the stinky, you you know, but it's like Jesus, he like touched the leper, didn't he? Like he touched, people were freaking out. They were all probably, his disciples were way far back, I'm sure, as he went to yeah. this guy. And they, he like touched him and he, 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 you don't do that. You don't touch. And that's what, you know, <laughs> when in the sheep and the goats, he said, I was a stranger and you welcomed me in, right? That's one of the, the things he said. Like how, how often does someone just need compassion? You know? So that's good, Ben. You, yeah, you said, we could just stop the episode now from what you said. What's, your, what's yours is mine. What's mine is mine, or what's mine is yours. That's the three things. That's good. Dean, what do you got, man? Well, I don't want to make this uh, story time with Dean, but in the <laughs> in the line of in the line of work that I do, um, as far as apologetics, um, I was out at Dripping Springs last year and had a transformative moment because I actually stayed at the apartment of a gentleman who I'd never met. I'd called into his show every once in a while and i said hey i need a place to stay can i stay in austin with you and he's like sure and so i stayed with him he's an he's an atheist stayed with him for the weekend and then went and visited the atheist community of austin for a whole afternoon and the reason that i did that because i said you know what i want to know what stereotypes they are applying to me and then i am going to make a committed effort uh, from a position of the heart to defy those stereotypes, the ones that are at least, you know, justified. And what that allows me to do is, is it allows me to be the good, the good Samaritan to a group of people who, uh, for the most part, um, view the church and Christians in a very negative light. So if I can defy, I mean, certainly. As Jesus is telling the story, there's a certain stereotype that goes with the Samaritan. Right. And the Samaritan defies that stereotype. Yeah. And that's what I want to do as a Christian. I want to know what do people actually think about Christians in general that are negative, the stereotypes that are placed on us. And I want to defy those stereotypes so that I might reach, be able to meet people where they are so that the gospel can change who they are. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think we have a stereotype of being compassionate selfless always giving always loving <laughs> like that's how you gotta work for that right everybody always has a stereotype of hypocrisy uh anger judgmental you know yep. what'd you learn dean you gotta tell us man you leave us you, you leave us on the hook yeah here. so so it's been it's been this is how i am able to you know make uh contacts with a, a bunch of people in the atheist community i've been on a multitude of 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 shows i still call into the show down there at the aca um and the the majority of people who are now going to be on this podcast series i'm doing i've met them once and i feel like i've known them for five years and why is that because they they trust me because i'm not what they think uh a christian normally is stereotyped as and so that allows me to reach across the aisle. That allows me to talk uh, with them for three hours at night, uh, just just you know about life, about background, about their history, and about some serious issues um, that otherwise, if I was just a keyboard cowboy, you know, banging away on the keys and telling them all that they're going to hell in a handbasket, we'd never be able to have that conversation. Right. <laughs> keyboard cowboy i never heard of that one that's good man. there you go that's a marine corps you know added there <laughs> that's good yeah yeah well does anybody else have any comments about th- that thanks dean for that um what anybody else have any comments about this particular question i would um just in commenting on on dean's i, th- I think that's the um the struggle or the line that as christians we um we're not we're not sure where how far to go with that or how far we can go you know, um, Dean and seasoned at what he does and uh, knowing God's word can go into that environment, know what he believes and and stick with that where 
Um, you know, others may not have that spiritual maturity and still try to get into those groups and say, I'm going in to win this, but then end up um, going away from it. Or um, um, some people watering down the gospel in order to fit in um, when in, and never getting to bring the gospel to bear. Um, and so that's a, uh, a challenge. And, and, you know, you want to tell people, well, listen, Jesus hung around with, you know, prostitutes. He hung around with tax collectors. He hung around with sinners. Um, but to a new believer, you say, but don't do that yet. You know, <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> uh, correct. I'm, I'm certainly not saying to the, the person who's been baptized yesterday, you need to go down into the atheist community and start trying to, you know, yeah. battle on that turf. <laughs> you need a foundation yeah. first. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's a, but I think that's a, just a struggle with, um, Christians in, in general is just, uh, um, you know, where is, where is that line? When is it? How is it? Um, and I think it starts, you know, simply, uh, simply, so to speak, the good Samaritan, he saw a need, he went and took care of that, took care of that need that all Christians can, can do that, you know, um, can be a part of helping, helping the hurting. Exactly. Well, and you know, it says, uh, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus also said, you're going to be before rulers and people. You're not going to know what to say. They're probably smarter than you, but, but I will give you what to say. You see, we, we can trust God to provide and give us what we need when we need it. You know, the key is not to do it for yourself. Like Dean, if you went in there for yourself, you say, I'm going to build this platform. I'm going to show how good of a Christian I am. I'm going to use atheists as a means to get me up on this new way of, you know, more YouTube views. It's going to come through, you know, but if you say I'm doing it because I love you, man, because I actually believe you're going to go to hell. I actually believe this. Like I'm doing it because I know I want to give you a hand and say, let's go together. Right. It's not a you're going to hell and I'm better than you. It's like, you're going to hell. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. You know, it's a love thing. It's, it's in that there's a difference between those attitudes. Um, if you go to the gangs and you're not, you don't know anything about gangs and you have love or you go to the atheists and you have real love, you're not trying to prove something. You're just trying to show your love. That's different. And then you have a boldness, right? A faith in God to say, look, Lord, I want to do this and you're going to be with me. That, that's that's what you need. You need to know that God is real, that he protects you when you serve him. He will he will be there for you. This is what this is what I see all the time in life, you know. So don't let your fear overcome your love. Let your love overcome your fear. Right. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. Perfect. I'd, love also, fear. I'd also say kudos to Dean. I tried to do uh, <laughs> something similar, similar to that on a Facebook page. There's a, a guy that was our youth minister here decades ago, and he's now an atheist. And so. I was conversing with him and he got me into a conversation with some of his atheist friends and I can only take about two days of it. And I was out. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it can get kind of wild for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, it's what happens is it's always up here. Yeah. In the mind. It, it, it's in on the heart. Uh, it, if a lion ran into the room, it's going to kill people. It goes from this to this all of a sudden, the heart, the fear, the, the fear of death, the mind cannot overcome death. And that's where if you stay in the mind, uh, you'll get lost, as you probably know, yeah. Dean. <laughs> they you could pull parallel universes, you could all this crazy stuff. But uh, anyway, so uh, for the practical ways in my life, um, it's looking out for people, right, every day, and um, also just making a, an effort to say, I want to do this today. I'm going to do something today. I'm going to find somebody who's in need. I'm going to look for that. And it's not just a person on the street. It could be your neighbor. Could be the person you work next to. They're feeling sad. Maybe they got their hands in there in their, you know, on their head and they're kind of look kind of depressed and sad. Just go over to them and say, Hey man, how you doing? Just want to say hi, have a good day. That is a good Samaritan, you know, doing that. You know, I'm going to go to the next question unless anybody else has anything. Anybody got anything? Okay, here we go. Okay. So this one, this person said, I feel like I am more like the person who passed by the guy, right? I'm more like that person. What can I do to become more like the good Samaritan without it feeling fake or forced? You know, so they don't want to, they don't want to fake it. They want to do it for real. How do I love those I don't want to love or who don't want to be loved? How do I do that too? So what do you guys got? What do you got? I think you got to take the first step and just be kind to someone do it, doing something small, even, you know, for someone you dislike, you know, make that effort to maybe, you know, I think they say that term fake it till you make it. And it, <laughs> And, and sometimes you you do something for someone and you realize, hey, you know, they, they, when they show gratitude or you see something good or like he invests time in, in talking to these people, individuals and knowing their perspective, understanding where they're coming from so that you can better approach them. 
you know, so we have to learn about these things, learn about the people, uh, get to know them. If we don't open that door to get the foothold in to, to say, you know, hey, I want to want to do something for this person. Jesus says, love your enemies. We have to love our enemies. It's commanded. So we have to work at it and find, you know, ways to improve our perspective, improve our mindset. So we do start loving our enemies no matter what. And you know who our worst enemy has been? Ourselves. Like we are an enemy to God, right? I mean, all the time. So it's like, yeah, Jesus said, love your enemies because you know what? They're just as bad as we are. Mm-hmm. Usually we say our enemies are so bad, you know, like we don't have to love them. Then we got to look at ourselves and say, we're so bad, you know, like we we hurt people. We don't help people, all this stuff. That's good, Ben. I love it. How about Andy or Dean? What do you guys got? I think uh, if you read the end of any of the Gospels um, and then you read Genesis uh, 1, <laughs> Uh, and realize that we're all created in God's image, and then read what Jesus did for us on the cross. Um, who are we to look at anybody without love? You know, who are we to look anybody in the eye and not see a human being hmm. um, that's hurting? Um, and so I, I think the, the difficulty comes when we're, I don't know if fear is the right word, but we're, we think that we'll probably be taken advantage of, or this person won't, won't want to hear the gospel, or um, this po- person won't be won't have a heart of gratitude toward what I do for them or whatever. Um, But the fact of the matter is we've been called to love. Uh, We've been loved by Jesus on the cross. And who are we to be able to look at someone and and not see uh, an image bearer of God and say, I'm all in, you know, (laughs) what do I do to help this person? Um, So we have to sometimes realize where we've come from and what Jesus did for us. So that we now have the opportunity from Jesus to do for someone else and to show them that same way. And uh, what and and the other thing I can tell you is the satisfaction you get from seeing somebody's life be transformed or acknowledging the gospel and accepting Jesus is, uh, I mean, just puts you over the moon as far as just being gracious to God for letting me be used in this in this way. Yeah, you say their life is saved forever mm-hmm. you know yeah. you didn't just save the, their their hunger you didn't just heal them from you know some sort of physical wound you literally took their soul and they and through what you've done and to talk to them they've fallen jesus they they become a new creature in the kingdom of heaven that's that's yeah. a big deal you know mm-hmm. i don't think yeah, we celebrate enough more in the whole world so yeah we don't celebrate enough when someone becomes <laughs> a christian it should be like you know like you do new year's and you're honking your <laughs> horns we should be honking horns and fireworks you know <laughs> there you go Amen to that. Yeah. What about you, Dean? So I'm I'm actually very interested by the first comment. I guess my question to the first comment would be, have you done a self-evaluation and a, a heart check as to why you feel like that? Mm-hmm. What What is it that's causing you to feel like you're the one that passes the guy in need? Like what's what's going on there in the heart with regard to, to that issue? Because I don't think you can really get to the other two until you address that first one. Right. Um, and then secondly, what can I do to become more like the Good Samaritan without feeling like it's fake or forced? Uh, well, I think one of the reasons why we feel fake and why we feel forced, why we feel it being forced is because we care too much about what other people think. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we really do. There's there's yeah. nothing in the story that would suggest that the Samaritan, when he helped uh, the guy who had fell upon robbers that he stops and he thinks, he goes, man, what are the Levites and the priests going to do <laughs> if I help this guy out? Hmm. I don't know. No, he doesn't do that. He just, it, he just doesn't care. And I think that's, I think that we should care enough not to care what other people think. And yeah. I think that, and I think that alleviates us a lot of uh, feeling fake or feeling uh, forced. And I, and I would just say on top of that, if you feel like you're doing something because you're being forced to, or it's fake, then don't do it. I would, I would rather you help out a good Samaritan. I'd rather you be a good Samaritan because you genuinely want to be a good Samaritan rather than to stand on the street corner before men and announce your prayers. Right. Yeah. Uh, And then to the last one, how do I love those? I don't want to love or who don't want to be loved. Um, I've always approached this in a way that says, it's not about whether you want to be loved. I'm going to love you because I want to love you. Right. It doesn't matter what you think uh, with regards to that. And I know that's a little blunt, but that's just the way that I operate with, with people. If they don't want to be loved, 
I don't care if they don't want to be loved. I'm going to love them. Jesus loved a bunch of people that didn't want to be loved. <laughs> right. right, um, right. And, and I think what encapsulates all three of those is, is Romans five, you know, at the right time, Jesus died, you know, what, when, when we had it all together, no, when we were all sinners, he reconciled yeah. himself to us. So there's my two cents worth. That's good. Yeah. And, and you mean, we don't punch people because they want to be punched. We don't accommodate <laughs> yeah. the needs of other people, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we, we got to be the light. The Bible says be the light. So that's, that's it. Like we love, and then they might say, why do you love, most people don't are, are, don't want to be loved or feel all this because they think love is artificial. And maybe they've seen a selfish love, you know, lots of love is selfish out there in the world, but there's only one love that comes from God. You know, Jesus demonstrated that love and it's a selfless love. It's a love that yeah. lays down your life. Like this good, good Samaritan here. He didn't even have Jesus as his example, by the way, guys, remember, like he didn't have yeah. Jesus to look. We have Jesus now, like a more perfect example. And th that even holds us to a higher standard than even the good Samaritan had because he didn't even know about the son of God. He didn't see the sacrifice that was made, you know? Um, secondly, or on top of that, fourthly, I, I, <laughs> fifthly, <good>. sixthly, whatever <laughs> we're on now, um, <laughs> I, I, I take a little bit of, I would take a little bit of an objection to the second part of the last question, whether someone, if someone says that they don't want to be loved, that probably is just a, uh, they're just doubling down on the idea that they do actually want to be loved. They're just so yeah. hard and rough around the edges that they don't, they don't want to express that. Right. Um, and like Ben said, as far as the first part of the question, you know, Jesus says, love your enemies. And that's not a, that's not a conditional statement. So no. Well, and, and, and if they don't want to be loved, sometimes it's because they don't feel like they deserve to be loved, you know? And that's even, like you said, Dean, that that's even more important that we show love for someone who feels like, well, I have to be a certain way to be loved, or they're not going to love me because I'm this way, you know? And, and, and they've, they've used the world and other things to, to, to like put them in a box that says I'm not lovable. And that's kind of Satan's strategy, isn't it? If he says, look, you can't be loved. God is love. It separates you from God, doesn't it? If you can't be loved, mm -hmm. you can't know God. That's what that's what he's trying to do. And if you're listening, by the way, anybody, and you feel like you can't be loved or you've done too much or you, you've separated yourself far enough from God, you haven't. You have not. It's impossible. Your distance from God can ever be so great until you die. And then it's final. So you always have the time to turn to him. It's called repenting. It's called turning to him. Turn to God. Learn from, about Jesus. So even if you feel like you don't deserve to be loved, God sent his son to die for you. If you're listening for you, and it's, it's, maybe let that sink in. It was for actually for you. And he said, look, I love you. And I'm sending my son to call you to me. So don't forget that. If you're listening to this, you got to learn about Jesus. If you don't feel love, uh, all of us guys here, we know love because we know Jesus and his love that he showed to, to us and God's love through him. So we just encourage you to read the Bible and reach out to us if you don't. Sorry to throw that in there, but that's, that's very important. If you're not loving yourself, you, you're not living a life of joy. You're not living a life of meaning and purpose. And that's what Jesus brings to us. He gives us a path to follow, truth to, to, to know, and a life to live. So um, let's see. Uh, Robert said something. He said, those who are the least, quote, lovable need to be loved the most. And that's so, that's so great. Thanks, Robert. That's really good. Yeah, let me, let me uh, go on to the next question real quick here. Um, I'm feeling depressed and hopeless right now. And I'm sure some people are as they see chaos, fighting, things breaking that may, they never may have thought could have been broken before. Um, how can I help others when I can't even love myself? So this is a good question. Um, what do you guys got? Well, again, the, when I, uh, if anybody approached me from a counseling perspective in that way and said, hey, I'm just feeling really depressed and hopeless, I'm always going to first point them to Jesus and say, there's always hope when we have Jesus. Yeah. And if you're feeling hopeless, you're li you're listening to lies. You're listening to the doubts and that Satan's planting in you um, to feel that uh, your life's not worth worth anything and that you're not worth anything. Um, and that's just you know lies from Satan. Um, Ephesians two ten. We are created in uh, in His. Um, we're created to do good works that He prepared in advance for us to do. We're His workmanship. And so for us to feel depressed and um, that I'm not valued or I'm, I'm worthless is to say that God's wrong, you know, that he made a mistake in creating me, which obviously is not the case. Um, hopelessness, man, I absolutely, I'm hidden up in Northern Michigan where we are not feeling the effects of the um, really, I don't think feeling much of the effects of the, the racism and 
um, the things that are happening in larger cities right now. Um, and I'm seeing things on Facebook where people really do seem pretty hopeless. Like, you know, what, what do we do with this? Um, and I would say that the answer to all of that is Jesus. Yes, I would agree. It probably seems hopeless because without Jesus, it is. Yeah. Um, that's where we're going to find hope when it comes to rec- reconciliation um, between uh, races, nationalities, colors, religions, whatever is, is looking to Jesus and allowing him to penetrate that. And when we can slow down and, and look to him and look to the cross, look what he did for us, look how, how he created us, that he's got a plan for us. Um, that's when I think we feel the most, we feel the most hopeful. And sometimes living through this story and finding Jesus, the second part of their question, you can help others by coming out on the other side of this with a great story to tell, to say, I felt like you did at one point as well. But when I realized that God had a plan for me and who he is and what he did for me through Jesus on the cross, um, I know that you can have hope as well. Um, so use it to use it to benefit others, get, um, work your story through. Yeah, I said I was thinking um hopeless equals Jesus less. You know, like the, the you're only as strong as the hope you have, right? So if my hope is in this hamburger I'm gonna eat today, as soon as the hamburger is eaten, my hope is gone. Or maybe it's a person that we like or a country that we think is so great, and those things come down, you lose your hope. But one hope we can't lose is Jesus Christ because he is alive today and he cannot be killed. He defeated death. And so that the hope that is the greatest hope we can hold to, right? And maybe you've forgotten that, though, who, who's asked this question. You might feel hopeless because you forgot about Jesus, like Andy said. So that's good. Ben or Dean, what do you guys got? Thanks, Andy. You know, um, she's she's not gonna mind if I say this. Um I I have a wife who in the last two years has been hospitalized twice and has gone to a wellness center once um, because she battles depression day in and and day out. And um, I'll like to take some um, advice on, on this statement. Um, There is such thing, I believe biblically is a time of preparation. And so the what's going to compound your depression and your hopelessness is worrying about the fact that you're not currently helping others because you're not loving yourself. And so my advice would be um, there's a phrase in second Corinthians four, as Paul talks about not being um, we're perplexed, right. But not driven to despair, but down in verse 16, he says, so we do not lose heart. Mm. Right. So what I would say to this person is number one, it's okay to take the time to allow professionals who are in this field to help you. And I would just stick that phrase in the forefront of my mind. I'm not going to lose heart. Right. And then as Andy has has said that's your time of preparation so that you can learn to love yourself so that you can learn to you know love uh or, or deepen your relationship with jesus so that when you do come out on the other end um you can then be that warrior and the voice for the voiceless of millions of people who um struggle in in this area and i think that is perfectly okay to do um in this season that that you're in and i can only speak from experience and i don't want to belabor the point but there is a there's a point in our relationship between me and my wife where my my wife was just just trying to do too much for everybody else that was struggling and it's like taking an empty cup and trying to fill another empty cup at the end of the day, they're both still empty, right? <laughs> and what happens is she tries, she tried to pour so much of this empty cup into so many other empty cups, it just made her situation worse, right? So let's go ahead to this person who's there. Let's take the time. Let's, um, you know, put herself back together with uh, prayer, fasting, professional help. 
Let's fill our cup. And then once our cup is full, then let's start pouring ourselves into people uh, who are also struggling as well. That'd be my advice. Cool. Thanks for sharing that, Dean. That's good stuff. Um, ben, how about you? You got something? Yeah. So I was thinking, I like, I like what he's saying. Basically recharge yourself in a mm-hmm. sense, step back and invest in yourself some, you know, um, I think it, from a Christian standpoint, you know, we got to focus on the light recharge in that, in that sense, you know, focus on Jesus, focus on the purpose he's given to us and for us and in creating us. He didn't make us, you know, for no purpose. He didn't make us without a goal. And I think we have to be reminded of that at times. Um, I like what he says, go and do the same, go and practice this truth, Mm. you know? Um, So I think in some ways, yes, we have to go out and do this. I think it's, it's something we should be doing constantly as a Christians, but yeah, I think always there's times where you have to self-examine, you have to step back and make sure you're in the right. Sometimes you've even made mistakes and I know for me, it's weighed, you know, it weighs on you and it limits you because you haven't, though God's forgiven you, you haven't forgiven yourself hmm. and that can weigh on you. And sometimes you have to figure out that, get that fixed um, before you can move forward and be really efficient in helping others and trying to bring um, your maximum effort to the table and, and be the most effective for the Lord as, as we should. Yeah. This, yeah. this discussion is like, we're all broken. You know, it's so th- this is so neat that we can have someone like Jesus who's perfect who he broke himself and he rose again. Like we are all broke. You know, we everybody puts on this facade of like everybody's good, you know, and happy and joyful, but we are broken and only through Jesus do we get put back together and, and only do through him do we hold together. You see, that's the thing. I can't hold yeah. myself together no matter how good I am, no matter what I do. I can't hold myself together. And and some of you who are listening may know this or watching. That you try and hold yourself together and it's just impossible. You just fall apart. It just builds up. You cannot hold yourself together. Jesus holds us together. And, and that's just also as a body of believers. That's not just an individual, but he also keeps us all together. Yeah. One more one more thing. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say this either. Um, for those of you who are watching or who are gonna gonna listen, um, and you know somebody who's in this predicament, um, don't be Job's friends. Yeah. <laughs> Don't What does that mean, thing, Dean? Dean, what does that mean? What I, what I mean by that is, well, they, they did get in the beginning because they didn't speak, right? Yeah. And then they opened their mouth and they essentially told Job, well, if you wouldn't do, the, if you hadn't done, if you hadn't no. sinned, none of this stuff would have happened, right? <laughs> um, or just, just very, um, uh, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, but, but not in the know about what was going on. Right. And speaking to things that they didn't know about or didn't understand—that's what I mean by that. So, right. when when you're talking to your friend who's feeling depressed and hopeless, um, one of the things that that you can't say or you shouldn't say to them is, "Well, I mean, come on, everybody goes through that at least at some point, right?" Well, you don't know the the specific circumstance or the specific diagnosis that's going on there. So to say that. Is is just compounding the the issue. So don't be Job's Job's friends in that regard. Right. He didn't tell the blind man. You know, you're not blind enough. <laughs> you know, oh, you don't have enough leprosy. Come on back when you got more leprosy, and then we'll heal you. You're like he, Jesus was there for uh, you know for anyone who came to him who needed that help. They just had to believe that Jesus could do it. Right. And you, as a listener or viewer have to believe in Jesus. That's the first step. So you have to come to Jesus, but you have to believe Jesus can help you. If you don't believe he can help you, it's not going to matter. You know? So this is good. Let me go to the next one real fast because we got another one. Do you guys have any good Samaritan stories? So, you know, we're kind of bringing it down a little serious. Now we've got something maybe exciting or fun that you can think of. Um, It doesn't have to be you. Could be one that you've heard from somebody else or something that, but do you have any Samaritan stories? Um, at the last church I served in in uh, Central Indiana, we had a um, uh, the church before before I got there. They had decided at Thanksgiving they would invite some homeless from the inner city in Indianapolis to come out for Thanksgiving dinner or something, and um, they did that. They went in, bust several people out, 
Um, but what it launched was this one couple just absolutely fell in love with uh, um, serving the homeless. And so to this day, on a Tuesday, you could go uh, Tuesday evening with Scott and Peggy uh, down to the inner city, Indianapolis. And um, it's amazing. You drive down this empty uh, alley and they open the back doors of their van and 100 people show up, you know, that you, mm-hmm. you swore weren't there the second before that. Um, and she's shared with me stories and I've witnessed stories of, you know, the one kind of outcast homeless guy that was over here and she walks over and says, well, why aren't you in line? And he's like, well, nobody wants me over there because I stink. Mm. And she's like, well, I don't think you stink. You know, how can I help you? And, um, just watching them, um, care for that man. Um, I think even to the point, I think he did, um, uh, leave this world. Um, but they cared for him every step of the way from finding him to place to live and helping him manage all these different things. And um, Scott and Peggy Hoover are two of my uh, two of my heroes because they started a homeless ministry in an inner city um, that just needed help. And uh, they uh, showed Jesus love because God just laid on their heart and you wouldn't believe the resource. And they didn't, they weren't wealthy people. They People just started um, adding to the resources and they were able to accomplish and have accomplished a, a whole bunch and continue to do so. Um, and it's just following what God's laid on their heart to do. Yeah. And you know, when you, when you're, when God works with you, miracles happen, like, you know, things just come out of nowhere. You think just God's just working to provide for it, you know, the food that they might have, you never know where it's coming from. So that's so neat. Yeah. Anybody else got a good, uh, good story, good Samaritan story. Um, I would say that I, I have a good Samaritan story in the sense that um, I was probably more like the lawyer. (laughs) Um, So when I came, uh, I served six years in the Marine Corps, did a tour of duty in um, Iraq and came back from that very jaded towards Muslim people. Mm. Uh, I I would even say to the point where I would be classified probably uh, not probably i was i was i was a racist i guess you would say if if mm. i would classify that i didn't really care about uh muslims um uh, had the mindset that um you know if one's a terrorist they're all terrorists mm. uh, just because of the experiences over there and then um, there, there was, there was nobody that really came to me and and said, "Hey, you need to look at this passage" or anything like that. But I was, I was uh, going to be a a youth intern for the Piedmont Church of Christ in Virginia, and I started reading through Matthew, and I got to the part where it talked about loving your enemies, um, and praying for the people that persecute you, and, um. I, it was just a, a transformative moment because in that moment, um, you know, one, I realized that Jesus was probably Palestinian, (laughs) number one. Um, but, but two, um, I don't even know how to quantify it. It was just one of those things where just in reading you know, scripture, I knew that, that something had to change because if I kept living like that, then I would, I would be in serious trouble and just have a hard time loving people in general. And so, um, the word of God just came down, patched me up and, uh, here I am. (laughs) That's awesome though. Right? Like that God's the one who holds us together. Like he gets the glory, doesn't he? It's not us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Ben, you got anything? If you don't, it's well, fine. I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking in the opposite, kind of um, not to a personal story or a story of a friend or anything of that nature, but seeing seeing how um, some post these stories on Facebook, these videos of them helping someone. Right. And granted, some of them, I'm sure, are sincere and doing things to help people. But, you know, sometimes sometimes we do that and we do it to get likes, like you're saying, do do that to get views and do that to be kind of 
kind of like the fair season in a sense, you know, you're, you're putting yourself on this pedestal. Oh, look at me. I'm giving this guy $500 or giving this guy, you know, these needs. And I, I think you need to be careful of that, you know, it, it, we're supposed to pray kind of, you know, to ourselves, you know, in a sense, you know, we're not, not praying for show. I think the same thing applies with us giving and how we're taking care. Obviously the world's going to see it <clears throat> in some measure, but if we, if we go out and do it for the wrong uh, mindset in the wrong way, um, then obviously, you know, people are going to see through that very, very, very easily, very quickly. And that's going to portray a bad light on us as Christians, whereas we're hoping to portray something good by doing good, you know. So I, this is what I, the train of thought I was going with, you know. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, because you wanted to be um, a good light, not darkness, you know, to the world. Um, it's just, it, I think it's just so, it's hard to be a good Samaritan if you don't know what good is, you know, like God is good. Like God, Jesus showed us the way. I think that's the neat part of you. You can talk about Christians, you know, people always say that Christians are this Christians are that, but if you learn about Christ, Jesus, that's always constant. You know, you, you, people like to judge and say, I'm not a Christian because I've seen this guy do this, or this person do this, or Christians did this. But all we have to say is, what did Christ do? What did mm -hmm. Jesus do? Like, what's all the bad stuff about Christians? There's none. There's lots of bad people who say they're Christians. There's people who are mm -hmm. messed up and make mistakes and all that. And if you want to follow those people, you're going to be lost, right? But if you follow Jesus Christ, he was perfect. He actually loved us. He looked down on me when I was down there as I hammered nails into his hands and was spitting on him. And saying, you're worthless, you're nothing, you're not even the son of God, you can't come off that cross, look at you. He stood and he said, forgive him. You know, that 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 is amazing. You know, it's, it's just awesome. So if you're watching this uh, or listening to the show, um, it doesn't matter if you've yelled at God and you've crucified Jesus. He forgives you. Like he, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, if you're hurting, if you're hurting and you're lashing at God and you're lashing at other people, you don't know God. You don't know the love that he has for you. So just remember that. Like I would point again to the Bibles. We have Dean, Ben and Andy here and you can always reach out to us. But go to the Bible, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the Gospels about Jesus. Just read it and read it for the first time. You know, read it and just take everybody else's thoughts and ideas out of your head and look at it and say, I want to know this guy this person that we that you heard about today, Jesus. Read about him and don't let everybody else tell you about him. Read about him. Okay, so there, there's some awesome Good Samaritan stories. We're coming to the end of the show today. So uh, we have a challenge. We always have a challenge now. I've added it in because it's always good to, okay, it's, it's Monday or Tuesday, wherever you are, and uh, you want to get started to do something. Or let's say you listen to this on a Thursday. It doesn't matter. Um, your challenge for now at this point forward is to look or find someone in need and be their good Samaritan. Okay, we got the story. We got an example. And Jesus told the lawyer, go and do likewise. Um, use your money, time, or compassion, or use all three. Now, you might be surprised, but there's, a, there's people all around you who are suffering, who are cut, who are beat up, robbed from. But maybe it's not a physical thing. So in your office where you work, uh, maybe the, the restaurant where you go, or the library, or wherever you are, look for that person. Because you, you, you know what? We all know who they are. Why? Because we've been that way. Like That's what's cool about being human. We know when others suffer, suffer and, and have problems because we had problems and we suffer. And so go to them. Show compassion. Money won't solve the problem. Time doesn't solve the problem. Compassion doesn't solve the problem. You do it in love. So that's what I, the challenge is this week is be a good Samaritan to somebody. Just be one person. And you know, you might change the lives of many just by changing the life of one. So this is this has been an awesome episode, guys. You know, this is our challenge for the week. I really appreciate your time. It's it's awesome. I love it when it just connects. You know, you feel it. You feel that uh, God moving in this this thing that we did today, and I, I pray that He's glorified. So let's um, let's do a closing prayer now. Um, thanks all of you for joining. Everybody came in. Um, if you have questions that didn't get answered, or you have them, just so, go ahead and email them to us, or go to the Talk with Christians Facebook page or talkwithchristians.com. And we will answer the questions you have that you may not have wanted to ask here. Ask any question because nothing should hold you back from learning about God and being in a right relationship with him through his son. So do not let a question keep you 
from being in this family of God here with us. You know, we, we look forward to seeing you in heaven, and I pray that we could all be there together. Don't let something hold you back. Don't let someone hold you back. All right, uh, Dean, why don't you close this in prayer? Thanks, brother. All right, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, come before you right now, and we are just grateful that um, you are not like the lawyer that seeks to justify um, a certain type of position or, or prejudice, but um, you're the one that, as Titus has, has mentioned over and over again in this episode, you're the one that has reached down into humanity and, and you've saved us uh, from ourselves so that we might be in a right relationship with you. And Father, uh, the, the story of the Good Samaritan is written over 2,000 years ago. And it is still um, so applicable in today's 21st century world with everything going on. Father, help us to see, help us to see past the stereotypes. Help us to see um, past our own uh, selfish desires with our time and our money and our compassion. And um, Father, help us to to meet people that don't look like us, don't walk like us, and to just meet them where they are and meet them in their walk and their journey and, and let them know that, that they're, they're people who despite whatever they have going on, just want to love them uh, because they're image bearers of, of you. And thank you so much for this episode, father. Thank you so much for Titus and Andy and Ben and, and their individual works. And I'm, I'm honored to, to, to be here with them to, to talk about this amazing passage passage and section of scripture but most importantly father we're we're glad that we are your sons adopted through the blood of your your son jesus christ on the cross and the empty tomb and father be with us as we in the show and be with the audience as well that are either listening live or watching live or or at some point will come in contact with this podcast we pray that it moves people closer to you and it's in your son's name we pray amen Amen.